0: what is going on everybody alex with hidden falls media experience and we are back with another incredible episode but before i get into this episode you know what i'm about to drop on you and that is what we charge for this podcast it is $3.99, baby, there is no cost associated with it. But I do ask that you share the show with somebody if you found some value in it. We don't run ads, we don't try to sell you some course that you don't need. Every digital marketer out there is trying to sell you a course, you don't need it. What you do need, though, is the content from this lady right here today, because this podcast is going to ignite that fire inside of you it's it's going to be incredible. So if you found a nugget of wisdom, you found any gleam of hope, or if you just enjoyed listening to Angela and I talk for the next 25, 30 minutes, feel free to share it. Make sure you drop us a review on iTunes. It's how we get ranked. It's how Angela gets more attention on her platform. It's how we help grow. And it's how we got ranked within five weeks on Apple iTunes within their entrepreneurship category. So Today's guest is Angela Bradford, and this story is absolutely incredible for all you entrepreneurs out there, young, small, old, female, male, it doesn't matter. This story is going to impact your life. Angela, welcome aboard. Thanks for being here.
1: Hi, thank you so much for having me, Alex. I'm really excited to connect with your listeners and get on here. First of all, anyone, as you go through this, feel free to follow me on Instagram at Real Angela Bradford. I would love to connect, and you'll hear why wise, I'm sure, as we go through kind of my story and where we're at and what we're doing in life and the change we want to impact in this world.
0: Awesome. Girl, you are on fire. I've been watching you for like the last three and a half, four years now we've been engaging and you've ignited from a blue collar trucker and horse trainer all the way to a senior marketing director at World Financial Group. And that did not come overnight. That has been four years of hustle and work. Can you walk us through what that's been like for you?
1: (laughs) Sure. Uh, So, yes, it's been a huge change coming from blue collar to white collar, I guess. Um, The biggest change has just been a lot of mindset coming from, you know, being in an industry where I worked by myself to now being in a people based industry where, you know, I'm around people every day. And, you know, it's just something I've grown to love. And I'm so grateful for the opportunity. I'm so grateful for opportunities in general to be able to to grow and develop and become my best self. And this has been definitely one of those journeys and we are just getting started. So yeah, it's been an absolutely incredible last four years.
0: What made you want to take that leap?
1: That's a great question. So honestly, it was as simple as things got slow in the trucking industry. And I started looking for something different to do. And that's when I got introduced to World Financial Group. And I I learned I could start part-time, learn about money and finance, just kind of see where it went. So I really had no big aspirations of what to do with it until about six months in. And then I started to see the difference we could make for families and we could save them money and the growth factor of where I could take this business for me and my family. Um, And that's when I quit trucking about four years ago and came full time. And I've never looked back. It's been an absolutely incredible, well, strenuous, incredible (laughs) ride.
0: (laughs) So we hear often that there's a lot of uncertainty making that transition from your nine to five or your typical job over into entrepreneurship. Was there any uncertainty for you in that transition?
1: That's a great question. First of all, the, I guess one of my benefits of coming from trucking is it's not a nine to five job. So I never had that nine to five lifestyle. It's pretty long, pretty long hours trucking. I also grew up in an entrepreneurial family. My dad was a business owner. So when I transitioned, I understood business. I understood that I had to work really hard at the beginning in order to have a lifestyle later in life. So I came into this business, honestly, with a lot of belief that my parents poured into me. And I'm super, super blessed for that because I know a lot of people don't have that belief from their family. And I definitely had that coming into this, that this was something I could do if I worked hard enough. And if I did everything I needed to do day in, day out, after a while, it would start to happen.
0: (laughs) Now, a lot of those lessons from our parents are caught, not taught. So what's something that you've noticed as you've gone through that transition that you really caught from your dad that you didn't think was actually going to be there, you're like, oh my gosh, like that was totally something I picked up from him.
1: A huge thing. And I actually wrote this in a recent article um, from my dad was, he just was really good at customer service. And Mm -hmm. one of the things I'll remember was when I was 10 or 11, I went with him on a sales call. He was in the oil and gas industry and we went to drop off some parts. And once he realized what the person actually needed the parts for, he told the person they didn't need the parts and he took the parts back. And I was sitting there going, you just lost a sale. How did that work? And he said, they don't need it. And from there on in, I just kind of saw that, you know, he gave them what they needed. And that customer trusted, all of his customers trusted dad so much. They come back with bigger sales, quote unquote, because they knew he would never tell them that he didn't need something unless they needed it. And I, I, that just was really sunk in. You know, 27 years later.
0: (laughs) That's awesome. So you're, you've been on a massive journey of personal development and growth. What have you done to train your mind to come into this new identity? Because you've, you've had a massive identity shift and that's never easy for anybody. And it takes a lot of growth. It takes a lot of time in the crucible to really form that new identity. What do you do to train your mind to match your identity?
1: That is a really good question. So about, I don't even know, three, three and a half years ago, I really made a decision um, to become obsessive on my daily five, I called it. So what are my daily five for me was reading every day. It was pre-planning my day. It was being accountable to my leadership. It was making contacts every day. And it was reading my goals out loud twice a day. You know, some people that I knew that were successful in our industry told me to do it. And it took me a while to actually decide that I was going to try this thing. And that's pretty much how it was. Once again, just try this thing out. And I became obsessed with that daily five, reading every day, listening to audio now every day, you know, reading my goals every day out loud, that kind of thing. And I don't know that I've missed a day since I started. So in three, three and a half, whatever, however long it's been, (laughs) years, because, and the more I do, here's the thing, the more you do, the more you want to do, because the more you change, the more you realize that you need to change. And it's not about changing the outside. So many people are always like, I don't need to change. I don't want to change. I haven't changed my core values. I've just changed some of the ways I've handled things. I've just becoming a better version of myself, I feel like. Not that I've changed who I am deep down. And that's to me the key thing. It's not about changing who you are. It's about becoming a better version of
0: who you are. So from what I'm hearing, it's not about it's not you're not rewriting a belief system, but you are you are changing. You're changing your identity. And that, that can be really intimidating for a lot of people because it's comfortable.
1: Mm -hmm. Everything that we want is outside our comfort zone. So the quicker Mm. we accept that, unless we're, unless, unless we're really, really, really happy where we're at, we never want anything more in our life. Right. Stay where you're at. But if you want more in your life, we have to become more in order to become more. We have to get out of our comfort zone on a daily, sometimes even more often than that level. Because the faster we get out of our comfort zone, the faster we grow. And then the faster we learn that we have a new comfort zone. And then we have to get out of that. And it becomes this continual journey of personal growth and self-development. And it and it, it's a really cool journey. But you realize there's always like another layer, kind of like an onion. There's always another layer to go through in order to get to, to the sweet part in the middle of the onion.
0: Yeah. There's a lot of entrepreneurs that listen to this show. And how would you start to because you've built successful teams, you're starting that process. I mean, you don't get to where you're at without building people around you. How have you taken what you've learned on your journey and inspired your closest people inside of your group? Or how have you trained your employees to elevate and rise with you so that way they're not getting left behind as you're accelerating fast?
1: That is a really good question. So once again, about two years ago, I started having um problems with my leadership because yes we're building a team and a building an agency and i was leaving a lot of people behind and you know i talked to my leadership so w- number one is reach out to your leadership or whoever you respect be accountable that's when a coach comes in or something like that and i said hey what do i need to work on and they said you need to work on your leadership and they recommended me that i become obsessed with john maxwell mm-hmm. and read everything by him and listen to his audio and and just like obsessed with this. he's one of the top leadership gurus out there and so I did I became obsessed and that that really helped me to be able to become a better leader something I'm still 100% working <laughs> on of course but you know becoming a better leader and being able to actually lead my team so that I could be beside them and not just ahead of them like you said and that mm-hmm. it's it's impacted my life and my business and other people's lives in such a big way.
0: You were recently at a John Maxwell event were you not? I
1: sure was. It was, what,
0: awesome. was the, what was the biggest takeaway you learned from that event?
1: Okay. Well, a couple things, I guess. Okay, um, back, so it. A, yeah, it was, uh, so it was his event called the Exchange, which is one of his top end executive events. So first of all, what I will say on that is I applied back in January on a whim. So when you think, don't count yourself out of something. It was really scary for me to apply. There was 10 spots and you get interviewed. So in order to apply, I had to have some confidence and just try it. And it was a non-refundable deposit to apply. Mm. And, you know, I'm so grateful that they accepted me. And my biggest takeaway from the actual event is to think bigger. I mean, these people that were at this event were thinking on a next level. They're writing $100 million checks for charity. Next wow. level thinking, And it just kind of blew my mind. And I went, wow, I'm thinking way too small. And I need to up my associations once again, which was the purpose of the event. And I need to realize what we're capable of and what the difference we can make if we work hard, if we work on ourselves, and if we surround ourselves with people that together we can make such a massive difference. Like that's just crazy to me, $100 million check.
0: <laughs> yeah. You know, that it, it's even an awakening for me of how, how much am I leaving on the table because of where my mindset is?
1: Yeah. Yeah. It's,
0: There's, there's levels. It's like you said, there's layers to that onion of how deep do you want to go?
1: Mm -hmm. Yeah.
0: I don't think it means you lose yourself in that process. I think it's more of a self-discovery process too.
1: Exactly. Yeah. As you get, like I said, you don't know what you're leaving on the table because something I also read, um, pretty much everything I talk about is something I read or heard now, (laughs) but something else I read is, you know, we're, we're acting according to the best of ourselves. So everywhere we're at, we're 100% operating at our best cap- cap- capability, which is kind of interesting because when you think of, you know, if you think of someone in your circle and you're like, wow, how could they do that? Maybe they're drinking all the time. I don't know what it is. However, we judge other people. I, I, I'm guilty of it. And I think, why can't they do better? And but then I think of myself, why can't I do better? We can't do any better than where we actually are. We are 100% doing the best we can. All the time, which gives to me a lot of love toward other people because I know that they're doing the best they can for them to change. They need to change and I'm doing the best I can for me to change. I need to change. And to me, that's just an empowering and loving thought. So we're not beating ourselves up and saying, why can't I be better? What is wrong with me? Because I've done that lot instead of just saying, man, I'm doing the best. What can I work on continually every day to grow into that best version of myself?
0: Mm. It sounds like that that requires a lot of gratitude, both for yourself and for others.
1: Gratitude, and a lot of empathy. A hundred percent. Gratitude is huge. You know, we just got back also from a uh, Dr. Joe Dispenza uh, workshop, and his thing is all about love and self-love. Mm. And you know, and I just feel like I've come back from that, and it's been <laughs> a lot of like gratitude and love for for a lot of people that don't even know who they are it's a weird feeling i got to say it's not something i felt before but um it it just feels really good to be able to love other people and 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 help them become the best version of themselves as we become the best version of ourselves
0: that was one of my questions i was definitely wanting to get into was the fact that you went to a Dr. Joe event and same question that we have with the John Maxwell event what are some of the biggest takeaways from that because Once again, being in that group, you're in rare air, right? Not everybody gets to be around these types of people. And I feel like it's our job for people that are around the Ed Milets, the Andy Furcellas, the John Maxwells, the Joe Dispenzas, whoever that individual is that's leading the charger has that level of influence and impact on the world. For those of us that are, kind of the messengers, the evangelicalists of these people that are bringing the good news to the rest of our society and to the rest of our circle of influence, no matter how big or small that is, it's up to us to deliver that message. So how well, what were those key takeaways from Dr. Joe? Because from a neuroscientist perspective, I've been all over Dr. Joe for a while.
1: Oh, yeah, right. You know a lot, a lot on this. So here's, here's a couple. Here's one that's like not as deep, and then I'll try to go a little bit deeper. But okay. one of the things I just shared actually with our team yesterday was when you're in the jar, you don't know what's on the label. So wow. when isn't that good? I was like, so when you're in the jar, this is why leadership is so important and reaching out to other people. You have no idea what you look like on the outside mm. because you're in the jar. And so you need to like work on getting out of the jar and help having other people around you kind of, kind of work with that but the biggest thing on a neurological like um, scientific thing is how he how he scientifically explains you know how we can move from matter to source and in order to move from matter to source that is when we start to get into the quantum field if we try to get too deep on this but once we're in the quantum field things can move really fast because normally what we're trying to do is we're normally matter trying to change matter i i've been so guilty of this matter trying if i work harder if i talk to more people if i do more I'll have more, which is true to a degree, but only to a a minuscule degree to actually explosively change things. We need to get into the quantum field. And in the quantum field is where we get closer to the source, to God, to whatever, you know, your your audience believes in. But as we get closer to that, that's when we get into a world where things can happen weirdly, man, like you think of someone and then they call you Mm. pretty much all the listeners. I'm sure have had that. What is that? That's a quantum field working right there. So whenever you can get in that, and then it can work the other way. You can have that client that all of a sudden reaches out to you and is a hundred thousand or million dollar client, and it's like, well, where did this come from? It came from the quantum field. So that's what Dr. Joe always talks about: is you know that's why the meditation and getting quiet, because what most of us do is we operate in our past or we operate in our future. If you think of most of your thoughts, you're thinking about something that happened, or something that you're excited or scared of happening. Very few of us. Actually, reside in the present, and when we were when we keep going in the past to the future, we have no room to create a new future. But if we can actually get in the present and actually be there where we have no past and no future, we are nobody, no time, you know, everybody, all of that stuff he talks about all at once, then we can start to create a new future. And that's where people like we were doing coherence med- meditations where we were healing people across the world. It was crazy. Hmm. So we're able to do that because now we're getting into a no time environment when there is no matter because if people actually study it, when an atom in one area explodes that was attached to another atom or dies or however you call an atom thing, they both go at the same time. What is that? They're in whole different worlds. How do they both implode or disappear at the same time because they were attached because now they're in a quantum field and that's what happens and we can be in that quantum field and be able to work in a whole new environment that doesn't have to do with matter. Like I want that house and 30 years from now, I'm going to have that house. And now we're working on a future field as opposed to just imagining and feeling and being in that house. And then all of a sudden, one day you wake up and you'll be like, wow, I'm actually in that house. What just happened? And it's like so impactful and having, you know, that many people, there, all working together, all loving each other all like it's kind of like a hippie movement i'm going to say but it was really cool you know we're getting up at four in the morning for meditations and people aren't tired by the end of the day because they're so in tune with themselves and it was it was definitely a mind-blowing um experience and and for you definitely highly recommended
0: yeah i've had my eye on it for a while What are some of the visualization techniques that you've picked up from being around some of these great influencers and from yourself and your own practice? And what of those have stuck with you?
1: Um, So, one of my visualizations I've actually got from Ed Milet. And it's, you know, picturing, having a picture of what really is important to you. So, in my case at that time, it was Hawaii, um, Hawaii contest. So, having a picture of it and then visualizing it close, visualizing it far visualizing it changing colors getting brighter getting more intense turning black disappearing and really getting soaked up in the emotion of how that feels to be in that picture and and in that moment it's really cool because when i go from color to black and white my outfit changes and i go back from like from the 20s century to like the 70s and i have like the whole parasol and everything i don't know but it's really cool because it just changes as i change colors but that's one that i you know, use quite a bit from Ed, my lab.
0: So Joe and Ed talk about the ability to visualize and meditate and actually heal the body because you're elevating into a different source. Um, Do you mind going into currently what you're going through and what that journey is and how you're using visualization and different mind techniques to heal the body?
1: For sure. So I got diagnosed with MS in June last year. Um, And, you know, I'm going to say that the diagnosis didn't hit me as much of a surprise because, and I'm going to be careful how I say this because I don't want people getting offended. I feel I brought this into my life Mm. and I have a lot of reasons, you know, feel free to reach out to me, like I said, on Instagram and stuff like that. But I feel I brought this into my life. And I read um, Dr. Joe Dispenza's Becoming Supernatural that September. And it just hit me so hard because he talks about how we stress ourselves into an autoimmune disorder a lot of times. And I was 100% guilty of that. I was running so hard for the last seven years, both with trucking and with building my business, that I was matter trying to change matter 100%. I knew that I could work really hard. I could make things happen by sheer force. And I was making things happen until it got taken from me, until my strength got taken from me. Um, I believe in God, and I believe it was there for a reason to be able to test me and see if I could trust a higher power. And- Mm -hmm you know, so 100% brought it into my life, in my opinion. But in in saying that, I also believe 100%, it can be taken out of my life, at whatever point it's meant to be. But so meditation, you know, being in that moment, picturing myself whole, being being those things, and also using the, the struggles that I'm in to empower other people has been a huge part of it. And I believe that's a big reason why I do have it in my life is to help other people that are struggling with the same or other illnesses with their mindset because you know it's it's tough some days. You know, it's been interesting talking to a lot of people. I want to bring up COVID, but bring a lot of people that are my friends have had COVID lately. And their biggest takeaways from having it is they said the feeling of not having any power that they knew they were exhausted and they weren't able to fight through it and there was no treatment. And that feeling was is their worst part that they've had with it. And I just said, you know, to them, I kind of laughed, And I said, you know, everyone that's going through a chronic illness already knows that feeling. The day we get diagnosed, we know that feeling, that, that feeling of, of helplessness, that feeling of, you know, I can't change this. And then, and then we can go into acceptance or we can go into fight at that moment. Like I said, I felt that it was, you know, I have, I have it for a purpose. So I went into acceptance and deciding to use something that is not exactly fun all the time. I'll say that for sure. I'm not going to say it's fun but use something that's brought into my life to to make an impact and to also start to change my mindset and say hey what am i supposed to learn from this you know i'm not able to work as hard so what can i learn on how to maybe work smarter and to work better and the meditation and allowing things to happen and in the last year it's kind of crazy we've actually worked less and we've doubled our business so there is something to be said as far as you know allowing things and just just being there and becoming that best version of yourself.
0: Wow. (laughs) That's a, that's a really powerful message. And it's one that's not commonly accepted, especially inside the United States within the entrepreneurship world of there's this motto and this bravado mindset around i have to just outwork everybody i have to put in more hours i and i mean elon musk has famously said if you're starting a tech company and you're not putting in 110 hours a week you're going to get left behind and you're not going to be successful but he's also equipped with people and tools to be able to handle that level of workload without the stress overtaking his life Mm -hmm. so what are some of those tools and techniques that you've learned in the last few years to be able to take away that stress while still perform and grow in the areas of your life that you deem worthy of growth and development?
1: That's a great question. Um, For me, a lot of it has been um, my belief in a higher power. Like I said, I believe in God and a lot of it's been prayer and just allowing him to have control. You know, one of the things that I read somewhere was, you know, work, pray like it depends on God, but work like it depends on you. So not saying that you shouldn't work. Cause I don't, I don't believe in that too. I, we have to work. We can't just sit there and go mm, and then the world just happens for us. Like we have to work, but in that same sense, just realizing that there's something more powerful out there. And as you start to admit um, different Brainwaves, different gamma waves. I, like I said, I'm not the scientist and all this stuff. But as you admit that, you bring in different quality of people. Like being around someone that's writing a hundred million dollar check, as opposed to being with around someone that isn't. For instance, you're going to have different results. And if you're around those types of people, you don't have to work as hard because you're able to achieve more faster than being around. You know, making more calls, talking to more people. It's not necessarily about more. It's about quality over quantity sometimes and so some of the ways i've worked through it is like i said i made a decision the beginning of this year i wouldn't work on sundays i felt that i was led that way and i gotta say it's not the easiest thing there's a lot of sundays where i've been offered appointments and i've been like oh just this once and i'm like no angela you can <laughs> do it because this once will turn into once can turn into again and you know i'm so grateful we're almost through december and i haven't done an appointment on a sunday and how to say let's go <laughs> right um so yeah just becoming just becoming more mindful of like where you're led and and putting the time in the right things and for a lot of entrepreneurs it is about working hard so i'm not saying don't work hard i'm not saying sit on the couch and watch tv i'm saying make sure your priorities are straight make sure your family your faith comes first before your business because if you don't have that and your fitness your health as i've learned the hard way is really important too cuz if you don't have that you're going to be the richest guy in the graveyard.
0: Mm. How do you structure your day?
1: Well, <laughs> I get up early, so I'm an early person. So I get up at four 20 um, and have for probably four 30, four 20 for a couple of years at least. And I love my, my morning is my time. So mm. I get up, I don't touch my phone for at least a couple hours. In the meantime, you know, I do meditation I, you know, read 45 minutes every day. I'm very dedicated on specific things because then I can like check them off. I'm a checkoff yeah. person. So I read every day. I listen to audio. I kind of check my emails after I've done all that. So I do all the morning routine before I even touch my phone. And then, you know, as, as most people know, when you get on your phone, things could blow up. You could have that text. You could have that whatever it is, that client that cancels, whatever it is but i've already had a couple hours by myself where i've been able to ground myself so when that stuff comes it's more like a tree with the roots getting deeper and i my, my morning routine is my thing like 100% and then from there you know i get started at work and normally i go till i don't know 8 9 10 11 sometimes 12 o'clock at night um and i just do that 6 days a week cuz i have <laughs> the one day off and and i just do that day in and day out and sometimes it gets old but I look at the bigger picture and what keeps me motivated. People ask me this, what keeps you motivated? And what keeps me motivated is realizing that there's people that are going to be following each and every one of us. And if we don't lead a very good path through the minefield, they're going to hit the mines. So Mm. for us to win, we, for others to win, we have to win in our life, not just on a financial thing, but just in our life, just becoming that, that leader that other people can follow And that's what motivates me to get out of bed every morning because I know if it's hard for me, it's definitely going to be hard for other people. And so it just gets me out of bed because I know that as I continue to do all that stuff, then other people will follow and they'll start doing all that stuff and it'll start to change our life.
0: One of the things I've noticed that you keep kind of dancing around is that leadership is 360 and it's also ever long, that there's really no time to drop the weight of leadership and that it also surrounds us in all directions and that the world is kind of looking to us as individuals that are willing to step into that spotlight and say, if you're willing to put the weight on the shoulder, there will be people that will follow you because you're doing it for the right reasons.
1: Mm -hmm. We're, um, We're all leaders. I think everyone in this world is a leader. And I think people don't understand as a whole how much somebody somewhere is following them. The decisions we make today will impact someone's tomorrow 100% mm. of the time. I don't care if you qualify yourself as a leader or you qualify yourself as whatever, your stay-at-home mom, I don't care. Stay-at-home mom, especially your kids are yeah. following you 100% of the time. <laughs> or you're a kid in school that you feel like you know, you, no one's following you. You don't have any friends. There's someone watching you all the time. And that could be a little bit creepy, but there is always someone watching every one of us and they're seeing where we're going to be, and they want you to win because if you can win, then they can win. And people are looking for that all the time. And as you step up into actual, where you know, on a bigger scale, like I think of John Maxwell, where people are following you, you know, it, it's also hard. Like leadership is not meant to be easy. Being becoming a leader, I mean, people all want to become a leader. I, I sure did. And the more that I get into it, the harder it is because you know that every slip up you do is going to affect a lot of other people's lives. And it's not just about you anymore. You can't just like I used to, you know, just kind of go out and do my thing. I felt like no one was following me. No one was watching me. I just kind of lived my life. And now I'm like, man, everything I think about, I'm like, all right, if I do this and someone sees it, is it going to help them? Or is it going to hurt them? If someone does what I do, is it going to help them or is it going to hurt them? And I think about that a lot of the time and, and, it's, it's a lot of work to be a leader. And like I said, you are all leaders. Everyone on this, on this podcast this listening is a leader 100% of the time. But it's also the most satisfying thing you've ever seen when you can actually see people start to change because of you, because of the sacrifices, quote unquote, that you've made in your life. Other people start to become better versions and you start to see people win on a scale because they followed you. And that's what makes it worthwhile. Oh, it's just crazy whenever you start to see that.
0: From working with horses into the leadership role that you're in now, what do you see overlapped or what are what are some of those skills that translated really well?
1: That's a really good question. Well, with people, you can't chase them around with a whip. <laughs> <laughs> with that.
0: Sometimes Not anymore. I wish I
1: could. Yeah, I've thought about it. I'm like, if <laughs> I could just put them in a round pen and <laughs> chase them around with like a bag and get them to sensitize. like that would be really cool. It makes life easier. So there's there's some big differences as far as you know. People have their own will, and so do horses. So with horses, you just have to work with their innate qualities and work with Mm. them deeper than just. You can't tell them what to do. You have to show them what to do. So that would be something I would say would be very similar. Same with people. You know, I've tried to tell people what to do. And it just doesn't seem to work. It's just like people have tried to tell me what to do. I remember, as a kid growing up, Mama tried to tell me to do stuff all the time. I wouldn't do it, but I would do it if I was showing how. So, so a lot of it's just like thinking, yeah, thinking like a horse is a good, good comparison there. I haven't actually had that one before. But if you can, if you can help people, if you can help a horse, if you can control a horse through. Through teaching it how to do things, you can start to control. And I'm going to say, not even other people, you're going to control yourself. Mm. Joe Dispenza talks about this back to him. And he has horses, and he said, You're like your horse. Your thoughts is like the horse that you ride. And you need to control that horse and tell it to stay and tell it to be in the moment. Just like, just like riding, he says, riding a stallion, you need to tell it to stay and be in the moment. And I think as you control your own inner horse, that's when you are start to make an impact around other other people or horses or whatever you want to compare it to at the same step. so i don't know if i view other people as horses but i definitely view myself as a as a as a horse that i need to control so if i can control a a 1200 pound animal i can learn to control my own mind and my own self because definitely not 1200 pound animal here so
0: (laughs) it's really good i have one last thing and then I want to wrap it up, even though I could, we could go for hours on some of these topics. I do these things twice a year, typically around like summer solstice and winter solstice with a bunch of other people, and we do sweat lodges together. So we all sit in this teepee hut, and we pour uh, water on rocks that have been sitting inside of a fire pit for hours. And it's a very meditative and um, elevating experience to be a part of. But one of the things that I've taken from this is the ability to think on multiple different levels, like you were talking about. And a few of the things are the ability to pray for people at an individual level, pray for a community at a community level, or those that are closest to us that we care about. And then a prayer at a global level for those last two, a prayer at a global level and a prayer at a community level, what would those be for you or what would you call somebody to action to start to think about at those levels?
1: Um, a prayer to community and at a world level is just remembering that we 're here for a purpose you know i I pray that people will stop worrying about the little things and start looking mm. at a bigger picture of actually creating a change in this world you know instead of worrying about what the media says about mass or no mass or this or that like let's worry about the bigger picture you know people need to feel loved people need to feel Ooh people need to feel that they're here for a purpose and too many people don't feel that and so my biggest prayer is i guess for me personally to be used as as a vessel um, to make an impact and help like i said man if i can help change one life my, my purpose is is good i mean that's my purpose and praying for communities to stick together especially in these times when we need each other more than ever, instead of going apart like we're doing, we're fighting, coming together and building each other up would definitely be the prayer I have for our community
0: in our world right now. I love it. Thank you so much. Angela, where can people find you? Where can they learn more about your stuff?
1: For sure. So they can find me on Instagram, uh, Real Angela Bradford. Definitely feel free to reach out anytime. I love to connect. I'll always reply. And I definitely appreciate the time on this podcast and really excited to see where everyone that listens to this podcast goes and, and also where your business goes, Alex.
0: Thank you. I appreciate it. Angela Bradford, everybody. Once again, wrapping this up, if you have not hit that subscribe button, if you have not gone and followed Angela, please go do so right now. Her message is totally transformational and it will impact your life just outside of this podcast. Her Instagram feed is on fire right now. So guys, please go follow. And until the next episode, my call to you every single time Go make somebody smile. It's an incredible impact it can have on their life.